Welcome to the Ephesiology Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the study of the early Christian movement and its implications for the church today. We have arrived at our next installment in our Make Disciples podcast series, where we are covering what a disciple is, who we are in Christ, and what are the characteristics of a follower of our King. Today, we are discussing the characteristic that disciples learn. As usual, we have Michael, our resident ephesiologist. I'm Andrew Johnson, a pastor at Neartown Church in Houston, Texas, and we are so excited to have Dr. Liz Rios with us. Dr. Rios is a former New Yorker who is now in South Florida. She has helped start and run churches, youth ministries, Latino ministries, authored papers and articles that have appeared in Sojourners, Christianity Today, and so many other places. Dr. Rios, welcome to our podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Well, we're super excited, Liz, for you to be on the podcast. I can't believe it's taken it this long for me to twist your arm to get you here, <laughs> but so glad that you're here. I have so much respect for what you've been doing and your heart and passion for the church and for justice and uh, just very grateful for uh, your ministry. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And I, and I appreciate what you're doing as well, especially on this topic, you know. Well, before we jump yeah. to that topic, I know, I know, Michael, Liz, I'm going to have to hold you back just a second. I know Liz, you Well, we, you have two lifelong learners who are very, yes. pat, well, three, well, I would include you in this, three passionate lifelong learners who are anxious to talk about this topic. But yeah, before we get there. Before Andrew, we get there, uh, we, you know, you can send me a bio, I can read the things and people can read off the page and say, now I know Dr. Liz Rios, but can you help fill in some of the, the finer details of somebody who's going to get to know you? And you said, okay, so these are three really important things that you need to know about me. If you really want to know me, what would those be, Liz? What would three of those things be? Wow. So I would say that, you know, if you, if you up close with me and we have an opportunity to have some cafe con leche, um, you would learn that I am very much um, interested in the church. Um, I believe in God's idea of the church. I believe that the church is very much a transformational institution and that I want to do everything I can uh, to, you know, co-work uh, with the Lord uh, to, to get the church to where it needs to be. Um, you would learn that I'm very much interested in helping uh, people that are interested in planting churches in urban communities to do that from a justice and Jesus lens. And you would learn without a shadow of a doubt that I am very much unegalitarian and believe that there should be no limits to women in the church. So that's so the three things you would definitely learn. <laughs> amen. Amen. Well, I, I just consumed, I, I muted myself because I needed to consume my cafe, no leche. So um, <laughs> black coffee for me. Oh gosh, I can't do black coffee. <laughs> it, it took me a long time, but now I actually have gained a taste for it. Like it, it tastes good. I like the flavor of black coffee. So, um, but that's all right. That's all right. Cafe con leche. Yeah. All yeah, day. Yeah. However, however it works for people. Yes. Get it in. Get it in. Well, Michael, I, I don't feel I can hold you back or hold the reins back any longer. So we have brought on Dr. Rios to talk about the characteristic that disciples learn. Um, in your book, Make Disciples, you say this is kind of a big deal. What What is in your mind, Michael, when you talk about the fact that disciples learn? 
Well, I think what we were just talking about, how disciples need to be lifelong learners. I mean, I was thinking about this today, and uh, actually it was kind of put in my mind yesterday when one of our uh, grad students texted about research, and I described it as uh, research is, it said something like research is uh, uh, looking for the unexpected even when you find the expected. And, uh, and, and that should be our posture as disciples. You know, we should never be satisfied with what we've learned, what we know, how much Bible knowledge we have or whatever. And I thought, gosh, what a great person to have on the podcast. Uh, it would be Liz, who I know is passionate about learning, studying, research, um, but not just as an academic exercise, right, Liz? T- tell right. us more about your heart for disciples learning. Yeah, I mean, I love that you said that. It was a great segue because I believe that you can learn and have all that academic knowledge in your brain, but if it's not uh, rooted in the local church, it's really not useful. Yeah, we say useless. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and so I think that that's the key component that a lot of people miss. You know, they go to school, they want, and again, you know, uh, depending on what is motivating them to to go and learn, if they understand that disciples learn, that is the motivation and that's the right motivation. If it's because of any other thing, um, you know, just getting the letters behind your name or whatever Mm -hmm. those things are, um, then the motivation's off. And again, it's useless. Um, So I just believe that we should always be, thinking about what is it that God wants us to do and why is it so important for us to learn? It's not just to have those pieces of paper or to have um, uh, the, the the degrees on the wall or anything, even though I have some back here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice. And it's, and it's uh, 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 a, something that shows that you're disciplined and that you succeeded in something. But at the end of the day, what we do is so that we can hear well done a good and faithful servant. And um, mm. if we're doing anything for any other reason, then we just have it twisted. I think it's really important, at least in what I'm hearing, Liz, from what you're saying is that um, when we talk about disciples learning, or they should learn, <laughs> a little bit of a should, an ought with this, uh, mm-hmm. that it's not just please fill your head with lots of knowledge about random topics right? Like I'm always reading and I'm always looking and, and it, the Lord has made us to continue to grow in our knowledge of many things, uh, but we're not trying to highlight just the increase of information. Correct. It is, it is the information towards application, something right. that the Lord is calling us to, and then saying, and now unleash this knowledge um, for, for my good, for my kingdom. Right. I believe, um, and I think I read this um, in in the book, Michael, when you were talking about this, that it should also be as a means of us to get to know the God that we say that we serve, Mm -hmm. right? And um, I recently, um, I was in a conference and one of our Latino greats, uh, Justo Gonzalez, he said um, to the crowd, he said, if you tell me that you love your spouse, but don't do everything you can to learn about what your spouse loves, and what are the things that your spouse doesn't love, I would have to question, I would have to doubt mm-hmm. your love for your spouse. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same thing with, with God. You know, I mean, you, you as a believer, you say you love God, 
but you don't want to learn like what makes God happy, what what um you know is something that God detests. Those are the first things that we should be thinking about as as disciples. And I, I was even thinking about this in preparation for um, our discussion because you know in the evangelical world we talk about uh, you know we get saved right and um, it's that that's that moment that changes the trajectory of our life and then we become believers. And then we're supposed to, that's what we were saying should, right? We're supposed to become disciples, but a lot of people get stuck as believers and they stay in this place where uh, even though we know that faith comes from hearing, that doesn't mean that you're learning anything, you know? Mm. And so for us, we have to move people from that believer stage. Yes, you know, I believe in all these things that the pastor's saying um, from the pulpit, but how about you? learning for yourself and seeing what he said. Um, and that's really when you begin that discipleship journey. And again, if you don't, like like uh, Dr. Gonzalez says, if you don't really are, uh, you know, do that work to try to see, you know, how you can please the person that is the lover of your soul, then I, then I would have to doubt if you really love. I love that. Yeah, I think that's so important. It, it's a devotional exercise, isn't it? I mean, learning is devotional. Um, as much as we might think of learning as accruing knowledge, uh, to, for the disciple, it's really putting us in a, a, a position of devotion to God because we're studying about Him and who He is. That's right. You know, I think about something that I learned with uh, Dr. Leonard Sweet that he said <clears throat> at the at, in the Jewish tradition, the people knew who. Uh, the, when the disciples would come around, they would know the Talmud, you know, they call them disciples, the Talmud. They would know who their rabbi was just by hearing the disciples talk and practice whatever it is that they were doing. And so, again, I would say, I would venture to say that um, we are in this crisis in the evangelical church because disciples did not learn. And because of that, um, the, the world watching is wondering, you know, who was their rabbi? Because it certainly wasn't Jesus. Um, mm -hmm. And the, the, it's mm -hmm. not matching up. Mm -hmm. Or uh, I 100% agree. We, we haven't learned. Um, or we've learned in our own echo chamber, right? I mean, that's been a popular phrase over the past couple of years um, that we seem to confine ourselves to only those voices that agree with our voice. Yeah. And learning is more than that, isn't right. it? It's, it's oh my gosh. expanding. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yes, that it is learning to be a, a serious disciple. That means you learn from the things that also make you uncomfortable. And mm. that means that we put ourselves in spaces where we are uh, reading and hearing from people that um, may not necessarily be in in our uh, sphere, in our denomination, or um, in our particular faith tradition, but we're also learning about cultural and historical facts that impact our faith traditions. That mm -hmm. a lot of times, I mean, I live in Florida, like like Andrew said, I'm I'm a New Yorker forever and always, but right. I live in Florida, <laughs> and right now, you know, that's something that's been you know a big battle down here. I'm in, in other states as well as, you know, well, fighting historical facts, trying to erase things. And that's something that has happened in um, in our faith traditions as well. So learning mm -hmm. is putting yourself in those uh, opportunities, really, 
to see like, what do other people say about this before you just take somebody's word for it? I think it's one of the most critical things that we all as Christians and evangelicals, um, we either weren't taught it or we very quickly forgot it. Uh, because because the people who were teaching us, we loved them and we respected them. And sometimes we didn't slow down to say, but also is what they're saying accurate? <laughs> Uh, so many of those things were like, oh, this person is really influential and I love what they say. And so we took a hook, line and sinker. And then unintentionally, if they talked about somebody else and said, well, I don't really like their theology and I don't really like their understanding, then we took on those same prejudices and we didn't go outside and and start learning from some of those people. And um, I think it's so healthy to call that practice into question and say, Let's go back and listen to so many different voices, but not because, oh, it is a wonderful thing that they're saying. Take it also back to scripture. Like what does, is what they are saying in line with what God has already given us? Is it, is it, have we actually, have we been discipled? Have we walked away being discipled by Jesus? And we've been discipled by somebody else saying they're for team Jesus. And now we're looking a lot more like them than our king. Absolutely. I think that's so important that you mentioned that because, you know, any serious uh, learner will tell people to, if please don't just take my word for it. Please do your own study mm-hmm. and, and help them in their um, development of critical thinking skills, um, which happens when you are in serious institutions um, that are really developing serious learners. And I bring that up because I don't know... Um, you know, some people get into the discussion, and this has happened to me on, on my on my um, social media pages. You know, about uh, going to institutions that are not accredited. You know, trying to you know get these uh, places that are um, um, you know paper mills and things like that. And what I love about what Michael is doing is that he's making education affordable. So one of the obstacles that was uh, a big one for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. uh, not just people, you know, people of color, but everybody, right? Everybody wants to know how much is it going to cost me? And that was one of the biggest obstacles to learning. And and you kind of like took that away from people by saying, okay, that's not an obstacle anymore. You can come for $300 a month. Um, And which is amazing. And I think it's one of the most beautiful things that I, that I love about what you're doing in your work. Mm -hmm. And some people, uh, you know, would, would look at that and say, you know, oh, well, is that is that like a good thing or a bad thing? Because they, they're so interested or so um, enamored by the, the formality of what education used to be in, in the in Western society. But I love different models um, of, of learning. And that's one of the important things that people should take into, into consideration that you can learn in various different ways. It doesn't always have to be formal education, but it, it should be for a place where they are seriously training serious learners to open up their minds, to uh, be able to embrace different uh, voices um, um, in learning, not just, you know, uh, white voices, right? Because there, there's so many other people on the margins. So that's really important too, that, that they're exposed to all these different voices and then that they're encouraged to come up with what is it that they see from that and how do they view scripture? Um, based on what they're what they're learning, um, because you know social location matters too, right? And um, yeah. sometimes people, you know, are reading it one way because that's the way they've always been taught it. But helping people to see themselves in the story 
and see uh, others in the story is really important too. So, but that only happens when serious learners gather with serious learners. Hmm. So important. And that's, of course, one of the watchwords of ephesiology is that we love doing theology and community. And that community is important. Uh, yes. And the more narrow it is, the more homogenous your theology is going to be. But the more broad it is, not that we're inviting uh, heretical thinking or, or right. those kinds of things, but right. we're or inviting diversity other... for diversity's sake, right? Just yeah. to say that, hey, look at us. We, right. we checked all those boxes. Aren't we boxes. cool? Boxes, right, right. It's not that's right. In the Latino community, we we say that we're doing teología en conjunto, which is basically what you just said. Um, that we're working and learning theology together, and and that's the beautiful thing about it. Because yes, together we can. Uh, challenge, we can say, hey, wait a minute, I never saw it from that perspective. You know, you have, if you have women in the group, you're seeing it from that feminine perspective. If you have young people in the group, you, you're seeing it from that perspective. Because again, serious learners know that they don't know everything. So mm. they, they invite others into the conversation. Boy, if we walk away from here just with that one line, that serious yep. learners know that they don't know anything or everything, <laughs> uh, th th that would be worth the podcast, Liz. There is a professor that I uh, had, um, Dr. Grudem, on the very first day of class at Phoenix Seminary would tell us, uh, he said he would pull out a piece of paper and it was on a half sheet and he would... He would say, you're going to come, you're going to ask a bunch of questions. He said, I, I really encourage you all as students, as pastors, you know, put this as a sign on your desk. And he goes, you're going to ask me a question and I'm going to show you the sign. And it said in big, bold letters, I don't know. Mm -hmm. He's like, you should be very quick to show this to others, to not always come, uh, to come out as the know-it-all, the person who has it all done. Who likes uh, those people anyway? <laughs> and he, he literally just said, like, just own, own your lack of knowledge, own mm -hmm. the fact that you're still a learner, keep yes. going and be willing to go the distance with other people and say, I don't know. And you don't know. So let's do this together. I love that. You know, having that posture of humility and learning is so important because that's how you can actually do learning together. Um, like, like I just said, you know, who wants to be around people that think they know it all anyway, Right. Um, they're not open for new information, and then they usually don't want to share information because they want to stay as the person that they think they know everything. So um, mm -hmm. having people around that that have that posture of humility when it comes to learning is is like an invitation to let's let's take this journey together. Um, on the flip side of that is the people that are you know very um, uh, you know into anti intellectualism, right? Um, I grew up in the Pentecostal church and. Uh, I remember hearing a preacher um, was actually the pastor at the time saying that, you know, sending kids to to college was, you know, like sending them to hell. And um, mm. and and a lot of parents were like, oh, my goodness. And I remember listening to this and I'm like, I don't get that, you know, um, and, and me being the person that I am, I went to college anyway. Um, but um, a lot of my friends decided, you know what, I'm going to listen to mom and I'm not going to I'm not going to do this um, and I'm not going to go. And I just feel like, you know, this anti-intellectualism has really hurt the church in so many ways because it's right. limited the understanding, right, of, of this faith that we profess. It's um, impaired our, our judgment 
oh my goodness. I mean, again, I think when we look at the at the way the world is right now and and so many things that are being um, tied to the faith and conflated together with our gospel, um, it's because of anti-intellectualism and, and the fact that the local church missed it um, mm-hmm. and they didn't take the opportunity to to use what God has given them, that that uh, privilege to pour into other people um, and, and help to train them in, in the way that they should go. Um, and, you know, parents listen to pastors, you know, um, you know, young people listen to pastors and in the Latino community, especially pastors are like, you know, almost next to God. So it wouldn't be questioned, you know, but I believe that that anti-intellectualism has hurt the church in many ways. And and what we're seeing around is is a product of that. And I would almost even say, like, it is anti-intellectualism, but it almost feels a little bit um, anti-historical as well. Like, yeah. just, just quite simply, like, do you know your history? Um, this isn't, uh, I, I need to teach you history so that you are intellectual. It's just merely like, hey, what's come before you? Because yes. the truth of the matter is you're looking back at history and you are seeing so many very highly intellectual believers. And some of the things that you hold dear is because somebody really went to the ground and studied scripture and said, this is vital and we need to hold this as dear. Um, if you learn some history, you'll find out some of the things that are uh, popular right now to rail against um, were actually like bedrock things for the church for a very long time. And so let's slow down and, and learn and when we look back at the history, then we can actually move forward um, towards a healthy intellectualism. Absolutely. I think that's a great point, Andrew. I think it is because I think, uh, especially for people of color, that's probably one of the, the sticking points that we are we feeling against the some, you know, some people in the church that, you know, they're, they're functioning in this ahistorical way and they're actually annihilating the, the people that are intellectual in the midst. Um, in their midst. And, and unfortunately, um, when, when the church embraces that, um, it just loses, it, it, it kind of shuts down all the people that are trying to think in the church. Yes. And mm. then you start having a whole group of people who say, I'm not going to be a part of the church because I want to think. And I was essentially told, you don't think here. You need to check shut your, your brain at the door. Check your brain at the door, come in and say, just take it hook, line and sinker. And I'm in. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, Please bring you the full self that God has created you with uh, emotion, reason, uh, passion, like bring it all because the Lord has created you with it and has a purpose for it. Mm. I think it was George Marsden, the historian who said, he probably wasn't the originator of this phrase, but he certainly unpacked it, that all truth is God's truth. And, and that's true. I mean, we see this even in the early church as the, the early church began to impact the intelligentsia of the first century and into the second century, that they really took that to heart. I mean, they looked at the things in, of the world and began to think about, gosh, this is how God is speaking in these places. And for us to have that curiosity uh, about learning and about discovering what God is doing. It, it just is so against the anti-intellectualism that grew up in the 1950s and fundamentalism and, you know, those all of those debates with the modernists and, and so on. But uh, to recover that yeah. is very important in our day. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, to to your point, I mean, I remember, uh, you know, when COVID was, you know, like at, at its height, and um, and so many people were like, oh, you know, in the in the in the religious world, oh, you know, uh, science don't know what they're doing, and this and that or whatever. Scientists, why would we we take their word for it or whatever? And and that's one of the the points that my son would bring up to uh, to me, like, I don't know what's going on, but. I, I'm not respecting um, the people in the evangelical community anymore for them mm-hmm. to say that we shouldn't listen to scientists. Now, again, you know, not that they always have it right. Right. Cause you know, everybody's wrong sometime. Um, but I think that that was one of the bigger things um, that a lot of the millennials and, and um, Gen Z's were like, what's going on here? Why are we uh, questioning things that, that can save our lives basically? Um, so, so to 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 your point, I think that that was one of the bigger parts when I saw that actually happening. That um, that we didn't see that all truth is God's truth. You know that that you know the only thing that 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 um that could be taken as truth is whatever came from the pulpit. Um, but they forgot that everything that that is everything that we hear is a translation, is a of something that's filtered through social location. Like there's all these nuances that people don't take into account, of course. And I know, and I understand um, that not everybody has the opportunity to learn at a higher level. I get that, you know. Again, because I, I, you know, as a Latina growing up in in a poor community, um, I was given opportunities, but. Um, I know that not everybody can get there. And that's why, again, we have to go back to the local church. The local church really has uh, an opportunity to make a big difference when it, when we talk about, you know, having these serious, critical thinking disciples that are part of our polis, right, that are part of our cities, making a difference. But if you don't teach them, if you don't, if you yourself are not a serious learner, which is which happens too, right? We have some people in leadership that probably haven't cracked up open a book in a long time and um you know haven't taken a class. And I just feel like a learner is always a learner. You don't stop learning. And once you realize what we talked about in the beginning of that you don't know everything, you're just hungry to what what's other things that I that I think will be useful in this role. It's not for anybody to to know everything. I mean, you're never going to know everything. We're not God, but what can be useful in the role that you have now? How can you be better at that? And that's another reason to learn. You don't want to hurt your people. You don't want to uh, make them vulnerable to false teaching from your own mouth, you know? So um, that's important. Yeah. Liz, tell us, how do you make learning a part of your discipline? Oh my gosh. So my husband tells me if I decide that I'm going to keep learning, he's probably going to sleep on the sofa on his own. Accord. <laughs> so so I'm, I feel like for me, I'm always learning. I'm either, you know, reading a book. Um, I'm in school again. I'm, I'm, I'm in at union for my um, uh, master's in, in social justice. Um, I already have two doctorates. Right. People say, why do you do this to yourself? They They almost look at it like a like a punishment. But. For me, it's just it's just because I just love to learn. I love the discussions that happen in in the classroom with the professors, with with other students. You learn from other people and perspectives. So I I it's I there's not a day that I'm not learning. I'm either reading something on my cell phone, you know, uh, again, you know, seeing what's happening in the world because I don't want to be one of those people that 
put my head in the sand and, and yeah. make believe that nothing's happening around me because right. that's the whole reason that we're here, right? We're we're here to make a difference. And if we don't know what's happening out in the world, how could we even attempt to do that? Because we wouldn't even know where is it that God wants me to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, I, I mean, I, I, I just learn every day, you know, it, from, from reading a blog, reading a, a book, being in class, um, continue, and I don't, I don't do it for the degree. Um, I do it again for the continuing education so that I could always be challenged when I get too comfortable. That's when I'm like, okay, wait, something, I, I need something to nudge me. And, um, and I had to put myself, I went to a, a very Pentecost, I'm, I'm Pentecostal. So I went to a very Pentecostal seminary. I, my first doctorate, it was a secular school. My demon, I did it in a, a very Pentecostal seminary. And then I'm a union, a very liberal seminary. And to me, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the gamut of what's out there. And then I'm, I'm trusting the Holy Spirit in me to help me to discern what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, so can I ask then for you, Liz, and then Dr. Cooper for you to throw in as well. I haven't called you that in a while. Um, But what advice would you give uh, for those who are listening, who are hearing you, Liz, with all of your doctorates that fall behind your (laughs) behind your name? Uh, and hearing about this like incessant urge to continue to learn and with the continuing education, and I might get a few degrees along the way. If people who are just not of that mm-hmm. drive, they they don't desire those doctorates. They don't desire. And um, earlier in the podcast, we talked about a, a disciple learns, and if you're not really learning, I think the unasked question was, "Are you a disciple?" So, what, what advice do you have? to really encourage disciples or your kind of everyday disciple to, to be a learner, how do they go about learning if it isn't towards a degree? I think that's a great question because that's most people, you know, um, there's a lot of people, you know, my husband's one of them, you know, he's like, I'm not doing a degree, you know? Um, and, and it's okay. You don't have to do a degree that, you know, that wasn't, the the one of the commandments, right? You must get a degree. What eleventh you know? um, commandment? Not there. Right, exactly. I mean, imagine. Um, no, it's but there's no excuse not to learn in today's society. That's the that's the thing that there's so many educational opportunities out there. It doesn't have to be formal by getting a degree. It could be again, we you know, um, asking some of the people that that you respect, that are reputable people in your life, and saying. What, where are you learning from? These are some of my interests. Who would you suggest um, I could learn from? There's books galore out there um, mm-hmm. to be read. Um, there's podcasts. This is one of them. All these different ways that people can learn that doesn't uh, cost a lot and um, that you can do this uh, as a regular uh, discipline for yourself. You could say, you know what, in 2024, which is great that we're doing this now in January, right? In 2024, this is, I would like to read, you know, start small, five books, you know, um, we have 12 months in a year, you probably could do 12 books, but we'll start with five. You know, um, I want to read five books. I want to, to at least listen to one podcast. You know, you don't have to jump into this big pond and try to do it all. You could take it one step at a time. And and that it and it goes back to your question because to me personally, my personal opinion, if you're not learning, you're just a believer. You're not a disciple. Mm. 
Mm, so Dr. Good. Cooper, what about you? Again, Liz, I really appreciate the point. Uh, the three of us talking are actually the crazy people. Um, there are a bunch of other people who are completely normal who aren't in pursuit of our academia. So uh, Dr. Cooper, what would you have to say as an encouragement for disciples learning for the everyday believer? Well, I appreciated so much what Liz said about reading, making it a goal to read five books, um, understanding that today that we have so many resources as well. And uh, what you said, I think, is very important in regards to who you're learning from. Uh, we just we want to be sure that the people that we're learning from are people who are respectable in the disciplines that they're writing about. Um, not that they have to be the, the absolute best, because I know we all have our favorite authors and, and so on, but we do want to learn from reputable people. Um, and, uh, and then to broaden that learning as well, not just to listen to the people that you agree with, but what are the people who you disagree with? What are they saying about different topics? And just be curious. I think curiosity uh, about the world and uh, not only about what's happening in the world, but what God is doing in the world and, uh, and, and just never being satisfied with uh, uh, trying to discover more about those things. I know as a young person, uh, when I was in the university, I always made it a discipline to read biographies because uh, one of the ways in which disciples learn is that we learn by looking at the lives of others. And uh, I mean, this goes way back to, to Plato and Aristotle, that character is so important. The character of the one who is teaching is so important because that's uh, what we end up modeling. And, and so reading biographies about the great saints that have gone before us, uh, I think are always helpful. Having those spiritual friends, I've, I think I've talked about that before in, on this podcast. Uh, it, people um, who have uh, kind of shown us the way in history, I think are always fun to look at and to learn more from them because they can still teach us. Uh, but also, I, I think um, for those who, who might be more theologically in in uh, leaning more theologically, um, you might think about, you know, who's a theologian that I really want to study? For me, that was Thomas Oden. And uh, uh, reading what he has written uh, and making that a discipline has been very helpful. Uh, in my own theological formation, but not limiting myself only to him, right? But reading those that I disagree with, like John Calvin or mm -hmm. uh, or others uh, mm -hmm. that I've disagreed with, um, but I, but I could still learn from those. Well, absolutely, uh, because it's this is also part of that all all truth is God's truth, meaning yeah. that there is wisdom of the Lord through everybody, even if yeah. you disagree with them, that does not mean then automatically everything that comes out of their mouth is hogwash. Uh, right. you, you can be stretched. You can be challenged and go in there with that fine tooth comb, dig in, mm -hmm. challenge yourself. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, um, what Michael said too, it brings me back to, um, when he said, you know, learn from other people with the biographies, I remember when I first um, started my journey with my special needs son, 
um, and being, um, you know, he was born two months early. That whole uh, year of being living in the hospital, um, I remember doing just that. Like, okay, I'm not the first one that loved God and was going through hell. Um, so how can I learn from the other people? How did they walk this journey of faith, um, but still trusting in God, even though everything around them is is um, is, is is flipped on its head? And and that has kept me. Uh, throughout, even to you know, when my 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 son passed away last year, and um, I was I, I was doing the same thing. Okay, how, what you know, learning learning about grief helped me to handle my grief. Um, and and so I, I just don't see a world where you can be the best you without learning, because you know the person that God created you to be. Because life can really give you a sucker punch sometimes, and mm. it takes your breath away. But we're not the only ones that have gone through it. People, right. you know, in the halls of faith have gone through this before. Um, people in, in our contemporary society have gone through this before. So to to your point, Michael, learning what others have done and, and still held on to God um, is, is, is a great way for you to still hang on to God because you learn from them. So I couldn't agree more with that. Mm. I also want to uh, chime in for the people, like, again, we keep talking about books, 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 read, 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 read. Um, <laughs> you're allowed to listen to books, right? Absolutely. So you're, you're listening or watching this podcast and please listen to books. Like if it's available on audio book, you are not docked points for not looking at it on paper. Right. It's yeah. it's okay. Take in the information. If it's available on audio and you are an auditory learner, please go for it. That's please right. Grow. Howard Gardner's multiple intelligences, right? You know, people learn mm -hmm. differently. So, you know, that's an important thing to know for yourself too. This is how you learn. What is the best way that you learn? And and then find those things that speak to that um um learning uh uh, uh, area for yourself. So I agree. There's no like book police that if you don't have a, a hard copy of a book, that's it. You know, it's not, uh, uh, you know, suitable or legitimate. If you get yourself a audible subscription or whatever, wherever you get your, your, um, books on audio. And, and that's a great way to start. You work out in the morning, you're on the treadmill. I've done that too. And you just listen to, to, to your book. You're in the post office listen to your book. You're in your car, listen to your book. So again, there's really no excuse for not being a learner. And yeah. you can learn patience and utilize your local library. And you can reserve a book and just tell yourself, I look forward to listening to it when it arrives in four to six here. months. So uh, <laughs> see the Lord, he's just going to challenge you uh, with everything. Uh, yeah, it's it's really good. Um, and I, I would kind of want to close on this thought. Liz, if um, we say the disciples learn and, and we want disciples to learn and disciples are growing and to what end, for what purpose? So I want you to maybe speak to, or what's the whole point of this? Why would disciples learn and what difference does that make in God's kingdom? Oh, that's such a good question. So I would say um, the end point is to fulfill the great commission. I mean, you want to learn and be a, a, a credible witness out there in the world and um, be able to, in order to do that and to help uh, work with the Lord and the Holy Spirit to, to get that done, you have to be um, a, a person that learns. Education is a key component in um, 
fulfilling the Great Commission. I mean, you have to learn about the people that God is sending you to. You have to understand um, interfaith dialogue. Um, you know, uh, what is it that they're they're all about, and how can I uh, understand that so that I'm not uh, 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 doing um, epistemic violence when I get into that community because I'm dismissing everything that they're all about just because I have a perspective. Mm-hmm. So those, those, in order for you to be uh, a, a missionary, a sent person, you should be learning. So that way you do it well and people are open like they were to Jesus to listen. Mm-hmm. That is so good. Dr. Cooper, do you want to add to that brilliance? Well, I don't know if I can. I mean, Liz is so right. I mean, Jesus tells us, make disciples, right? And if a disciple is somebody who learns, then inherently a part of our learning is being able to take uh, the gospel to other places. And, uh, and, and to really, as we're going into those places, taking a posture as a learner, uh, understanding that, you know, we might have some uh, corpus of knowledge in our minds, but once we go into a, a different social context, uh, we need to be listeners. And a part of being a learner is being a listener. Amen. Wow. This has been incredibly helpful. Liz, thank you so much for being on our podcast today to help us participate in this discussion and really uh, galvanize us towards learning. So Liz, as I know, everyone has been wowed by you as I have. Um, How can our listeners connect with your work and what God is continuing to do through you? Well, um, I'm I'm on every social media because I like to connect with people. So I'm on uh, X, um, I'm on uh, Facebook, I'm on Instagram. I have a website, lizrios.com. Um, and you could, you know, from there, find out about um, the church planting network that I lead um, and the, the uh, digital community that I lead, the Passion Center as well. So um, through LizRios.com, you could connect to everything else that I'm doing. Wow. I can't. I really hope you get inundated with folks coming after you and saying, wow, it's so encouraged uh, by you. Uh, So thank you so much for being with us today on the Ephesiology Podcast. And we also want to thank you, our listener, for joining us in this Make Disciples podcast series. If this was your first podcast in the series with us and you're interested in finding more about Ephesiology, um, just check out our back catalog. Go to Ephesiology.com. Look at our past podcasts or uh, maybe pursue some of the topics that we've covered. Learn with us as we have been doing theology and community. Uh, Lastly, um, Michael forgot to plug it in the moment, but we really want you to check out our resources at masterclasses.ephesiology.com that Liz spoke so eloquently about. Uh, We really think you are going to find something that's going to benefit you there. So for Michael, Liz, and myself, thank you so much for doing theology and community with us today on the Ephesiology Podcast.